Hi, I'm Danny Simon, and I lead the New Life Fellowship Church here at Manipal. I'm so glad that you tuned in with us today to listen to our audio podcast. Do subscribe so that you can tune in every week. You know, I believe that a spoken word can change lives, and my prayer and my hope is that as you listen to today's message, it will change your life as you know it. Enjoy the message. So we're in the midst of our series. What's it called? It's called Losing to Win. All right, and uh, we've seen two weeks about this message. We are in week three today. All right, and I've entitled or subtitled today's message as Connecting the Dots. All right, I'll I'll come back to you know why I titled it as Connecting the Dots in just a moment. But before we do that, you know, I just want to give a quick recap of what we've been looking at over the last two weeks. All right, this whole concept of losing is not a very popular concept today. All right, because if I were to sit down with you one on one, if I were to ask you, listen, are you okay with losing out? Are you okay with failure? Are you okay with you know that not being able to see you know a breakthrough in whatever field or whatever area that you're looking at? What is the response that you would normally or I would expect to hear? None of us would say that I'm okay with losing out. Because we've all have this concept in our minds that I want to be a winner. I want to be successful. I want to be able to see things that is, you know, happening in my life and I don't want to be at the far end, but I want to be on the top end. Anyone with me on that? All right? And here's the thing, you know, the this losing concept is something that has been slowly you know been diminishing slowly been you know taken out of concept or taken out of art you know from um, you know vocabulary we don't want to hear the word lose all right many times you know like i said you know two weeks ago this whole concept that has been coming into this world right now is the win win concept all right you win i win nobody loses we all gaining something out of this whole deal that we are actually getting into but like i said you know last two weeks you know a true athlete if you think about an athlete you know who is preparing your training himself or herself to win you know what the athlete goes to athlete the athlete knows that in order to win he ha- he or she has to start losing first he has to go through a process of loss before he can actually come into a place where he can win what do i mean by you know that he has to go through a process of loss he knows that he has to lose calories he knows that he has to lose hours of sleep you know so that he can dedicate extra hours into the training and to the preparation that he wants to get into he need he knows that he can't attend all the you know fancy parties eat all the fancy food that he can eat why because he knows that man i have to sacrifice i have to give up i have to lose those things so that i can win in the area that i need to win in my life and that's why you know this concept of losing to win is such an important one because somehow you know it's been taken up out of out of our vocabulary it's been taken out of you know context it's been taken out completely and somehow you know we've been bombarded with this whole idea that man you need to win you need to win you need to win you should never be a loser okay i don't know how many of you remember that sunday school song you know i mean if you've grown up in church you must have you might remember this song jesus is the You remember that song? Anybody? Jesus is the winner man, winner man. You remember that? I know I'm not a good singer. Okay, I'm not going to go into that, right? But I'm just saying you've remember that, right? So this whole thing like man, 
Jesus is a winner. We are a winner. You know, this, this keeps coming back in again and again. Somehow, even into the church, even as, you know, into the followers of Jesus Christ, they have this embraced this concept of winning and they're pushed out the concept of losing. But as we saw, you know, the last two weeks, Jesus was very emphatic about losing. He brought it out straightforward and he said, listen, you have got to learn to lose. All right. If you remember the scripture where we've been looking at over the last two weeks, all right. Um, Mark's gospel chapter 8 was 34 to 35. Okay. Here's what um, Jesus was telling his disciples. When he had called the people to himself with his disciples also, he said to them, whoever desires to come after me, what does he say? Let him deny himself. We looked at this very specifically last week. What does it mean by that? Take up his cross and follow me. And here's the verse, you know, that I want us to look at again. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. Many times, you know, we don't like to read this verse. Because Jesus talks about losing. Jesus talks about, man, you've got to lose it in order to gain. If you lose for my sake, you will gain. If you try to save it for my sake, you're not going to gain. You're going to lose. All right. Here, he, you know, Jesus says very clearly, listen, if you want to be my follower, if you want to be my disciple, you know what Jesus is saying? Listen, you've got to learn to deny yourself. What does it mean? You know, when Jesus says, listen, I've got to deny myself. You know what Jesus is really saying? Jesus is saying, listen, there are things that you want in this world. How many of us can say yes to that? All right. There are things that we desire in this world. But listen, if you have to come behind me, if you have to follow me, there are things, those things are things that you have to deny yourself of. Given a common example, okay, maybe, maybe, you know, you're craving for an ice cream. All right. I'm just saying, maybe you have this craving, sudden craving that you want to go out, you want to have this ice cream. What does, what does Jesus say? You got to deny yourself. You've, if you are coming into a place where, listen, you're going to have to follow Jesus Christ. I'm not saying you have to give up ice cream to follow Jesus Christ. Please don't get me wrong. All right. Don't go out of church saying, you know, he said you have to give up ice cream. No, no, that's not what I'm saying. But I'm just saying, listen, I'm just giving an example. There are things that you have to deny yourself of taking, even though you can take it, even though it's okay to go forward with it. There's no sin in it. But you're going to have to learn to deny yourself of those things if you want to become a true follower of Jesus Christ. Let me, let me see if I can explain that. As we go forward, you'll understand a little more better. All right. You know, this, um, this last week, all right, um, as I was thinking about this whole concept of denying yourself or, you know, like giving up some of the things that you really want. All right. This is, you know, the scripture that I was reading through and uh, I put it up on the screen. So I want to just look at the scripture. Okay. Psalms 119 was 112 to 113. Anybody who wrote Psalms 119? Anybody know who wrote it? Quick Bible quiz. King David. All right. King David wrote. And what is Psalm 19, 119 famous for? It's the longest chapter in the Bible, right? Okay, Psalms 1 and 19, here's what David writes. I have inclined my heart to perform your statutes forever. To the very end, I hate the double-minded, but I love your law. David is writing this. And here's what he's saying. In a sense, here's what he's saying. Listen, listen, Lord, Lord, as he's speaking to the Lord, as he's making this prayer to the Lord, you know what he's saying, Lord? I want to do whatever you've told me to do. Whatever you have commanded, Lord, whatever you're asking me in obedience, Lord, I want to do it. All right? And I want to do it to the very end of my life. I don't want to, you know, do it for a period of time and then stop. No, I want to do it till the end of my life here. And that's what he says. Listen, I want to do it forever. I want to do it to the very end. And verse 113, I want you to pay attention to this. I hate the double-minded. 
but but i love your law now when you read this verse you know the first impression that you come into our minds or can come into our minds is listen when i say you know when they were saying i hate the double minded is he referencing to the people that are double minded he's not can i say that again he's not referencing to the you know the people who might be double minded he's referring to himself and he's saying listen if there's something if you, if you read through you know the original translation and if you go through you know some of what the theologians have written about the scripture david is saying listen he's not talking about the people who are double minded he's talking about himself in other words here's what david is saying i love to do what you've commanded me to do lord but i hate to be in a state of double mindedness what does it mean let me explain some of you know this okay i'm yeah i'm part time pastoring the church here but i'm also full time dentist all right anyone's been to a dentist how many of you like to go to a dentist no hands for that wow <laughs> you know i'm just saying this okay over the last so many years of me practicing as a dentist all right more often than not i get patients who comes to me with severe tooth pain severe i mean severe tooth pain they say the you know the the greatest or the worst pain that you can ever have in life is a tooth pain okay some of you are saying yes all right and and here's the thing whenever they come to me when i you know examine their mouth when i see the teeth you know that is giving them this excruciating pain you know what i notice the tooth is probably broken the tooth is you know in a semi state where it's fractured or it's broken up completely and i immediately give these patients you know two options for treatment i give them two options i tell them listen either you can do what's called as a root canal anyone's done a root canal all right that's probably the worst word you can hear in your life all right because that's supposedly more painful than the pain itself not true not true absolutely not true okay come to me i'll make sure it's not painful for you I'm not canvassing myself okay but i'm just saying, all right but here's here's what you need to understand i tell them listen you can simply do a root canal okay where you know it's infected it's septic or okay? we remove all of those infection we clear it up and we'll go through that whole process and you can do that or the second option is you will have to remove it in other words you have to take it out you have to extract that tooth okay because it's giving you so much of pain these are the two options i normally give to my patients but you know what my patients do most often than not they give me a third option okay i've given them just simply two option but they look at me and they say lord this doctor there's a third option you're not telling me about so okay what's the third option the third option is doctor is it okay if you can just take some medicine for the time being and you know kind of not do anything of the things that you've told us to do and they give me this third option like man it's actually an option i tell them listen i'm not giving you that option because that's really not an option you know why because yeah it's true that when you take a medicine you know the pain will come down for a while but these same patients they come back to me after a month they sometimes come back to me after two months with what with the same tooth with the same condition with the same pain and that's why i tell them listen the third option is really not an option okay you know what what's the truth when it comes to us you know when it comes to us who follow jesus christ we also have only actually two options you know the two options are it's either god and the things of god or it's either man and the world or the things of the world but you know what the problem is we give god a third option let me let me see if i can explain that as well all right um let's say you know let's say saturday night okay manipal 
what happens normally on saturday night manipal there's some party going on all right i think yesterday there was some party going on as well my boys were telling me this you know a lot of people were gathered there all right so saturday night there's a party and now you you know your friends are going to the party you know you know all of your you know friends and your batchmates and probably you know people that you know are attending this party and they've invited you now what do you do you want in one end you want to go for this party why because man your friends are there if you don't go you know your friends are going to look down on you or they might reject you or you might be out of the group kind of a thing but you want to be there you want to be amongst your friends you want to have a gala time you know with all of your friends because man they are there you want to be there okay but now there's a problem because it's saturday night now the problem with saturday night is sometimes these parties you know go overboard they go like late night you know maybe 1 o'clock up to 2 o'clock and you know that man if i you go for this party you might have to stay up saturday night what's the problem sunday morning now sunday morning man you want to go to church why because man you love the lord you want to worship the lord you want to be there in church and well man you know god's going to be pleased if you attend church you know that the pastor and you know the leaders might be happy also otherwise you know you'll have the pastor sticking in your face asking hey i didn't see you sunday morning so you want to make sure you know they're happy and everybody is happy so you know what we give god a third option we say lord i want to go for the party and i want to go to church Are you understanding this? And this is exactly what David is saying. Listen, I hate to be in a state of double-mindedness. I don't want to keep doing this and that, this and that, this and that. You know what Jesus said? You cannot do this and that together. You're going to have to deny yourself. You're going to have to say no to one thing if you're going to have to do this. And here's what Jesus is saying, which I don't want us to miss as a church. Jesus is saying, listen, if you should say no to something or someone, you should say no, learn to say no to the world. You should learn to give up and learn to lose out on the things that the world is offering you and choose to follow on the path where Jesus is asking you to take. Why? Because can I tell you this, church? There is a blessing in saying no to the world and going for God in the first place. there is a blessing that comes into our lives there's a blessing that we experience as a you know as a individual as a family as you know things as we choose to say no to the world as we choose to say no man i'm not going to go there because man i want to be here fully engaged and fully present in the presence of god with the family of believers so that i can really experience the presence of god in my life. and when you choose to do that when you choose to lose out on those things and choose to win these things you know what jesus is saying if you choose to deny yourself if you choose to you know not to save your life for my sake you will gain you will win you will experience a victory and a breakthrough in your life now what i want to do today with the, you know the little time that we have left I want to look at another portion of scripture which displays this principle very very powerfully and it's a it's a, you know if you've grown up in church this is a very popular story that you've probably heard of you know so many times all right like i said you know last two weeks we've looked at jesus and peter and their conversation that took place okay if you remember last week we also looked at the fact that you know one of the reasons why people you know don't want to let go don't want to lose out on the things that they're holding on to we looked at three reasons one is pride Okay man because you don't want to let go of some things because you've really worked hard for it okay so you have this pride that man I've got what I have or I am holding on to what I got because I've really worked hard for it this pride that's why you feel difficult to let go of those things then there's the fear man if I let go of this I don't know what's going to happen to my future 
I need this for my future. I need, you know, all of these things. So we find it difficult to let go because there's this fear that holds us back from letting go of the things that God wants us to let go sometimes. The third thing that we looked at was worry. We're we're anxious. We're filled with worry. Man, what's going to happen today if I let go of these things? What's going to happen in my future? And there's these things, you know, these three things we looked at last week, how these three things sometimes hold us back from doing or losing out or letting go of the things that God wants us to let go. Sometimes it can be a relationship. Maybe God has been asking you to let go of that relationship for a quite a long time. But you're holding on to it, man, because you feel the fear that, man, if I let go and, you know, that rejection that I might have to experience, you know, the friends that I have, they're not a good gang, they're not a good circle of friends, I get that. But, man, if if I'm not there and, you know, we keep justifying reasons after reasons, you know, why we should be with them. It could be, you know, your career, it could be, you know, your academics, it could be things that you're holding on to. But Jesus is saying, listen, at some point you're going to have to let go if you want to truly be mine follow Jesus and Peter like I said and all of the disciples they were becoming really popular okay we looked at these last two weeks they were becoming really popular amongst the people people would come to Jesus okay they would experience Jesus to do they would expect Jesus to do miracles for them all right so you know when you go through the four gospels you know the life account of Jesus you see this yet you know um, when the disciples were I mean, when the people brought, you know, their sick ones or their loud ones to Jesus, it says that, you know, when Jesus saw them, he was moved with compassion. He had compassion on them. So he would, you know, take time to heal the sick. He would take time to cast out demons. He would, you know, raise dead people, you know, and he would do all of these miracles. Why? Because he was moved with compassion for all of these people. One such time, okay, it started in the morning. He was teaching. He was doing a lot of miracles. All of those things are going. And you remember the story, all right? By the evening time, the whole day had passed by. Everybody was tired and there was no food. The disciples came to Jesus saying, Jesus, you've got to let the crowd go. Okay, it's been a great day. It's been great this thing, but you've got to let them go because there's no food. Do you remember that story? All right. And what does it, what did Jesus look at the disciples and tell them? There's no food, you're saying? Well, you, you, you do something about it. And the disciples panic and then, you know, they bring, you know, the, you remember the story, right? Five loaves and two fish from a boy who was carrying, you know, his lunch probably. They bring him, bring it to Jesus. Jesus breaks it, blesses it, okay? And he distributes it among the crowd. And you remember the story. Jesus apparently with the disciples fed how many people that day? 5,000 men, the Bible records it but added to the women and the children who would have probably been there, okay? And I'm thinking, you know, probably when you think about the all of the miracles that Jesus has done, probably that was one of the largest and the biggest miracles that Jesus has performed there, all right? So this whole miracle of feeding the 5,000 has happened, all right? And where we're going to pick up reading today is immediately after this feeding of the 5,000 miracle. So you ready with me on this one? All right, let's just read, you know, what, what, what happens then. Gospel of Matthew chapter 14, verse 22 to 25. Immediately, okay, I want you to picture the scenario. This is just immediately after the feeding of the 5,000. And here's what Jesus does. Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into a boat and go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. The multitudes who had just been fed, they had a good meal, all right. Why? Because Jesus fed them, all right. And so immediately, I want you to picture what is happening here. Jesus is responsible. Let me say that again. Jesus is responsible for what? For getting the disciples into the boat. And what does he tell the disciples? You move on to the other side. I'll come behind you. All right. 
because he doesn't say that but that's what's this thing verse 23 when he had sent the multitudes away he went up on the mountain by himself to pray so i want you to picture the scenario now disciples are on the boat they're moving from one shore to the other shore they're basically crossing over jesus has not gone with them on the boat he's sending out the multitudes you know dispersing the crowd by himself and then he you know retreats himself back into the mountain to pray by himself imagine what's going on now when evening came he was alone there verse 24 but the boat was now in the middle of the sea tossed by the waves for the wind was contrary all right what's happening to the disciples they're in the boat they experience a storm there's this you know the waves are like going up and down the winds are crossing here and there and it's it's like a major storm that's going on all right and it says you know in verse 25 now in the fourth watch of the night jesus went to them walking on the sea fourth watch literally what the historians say or the theologians you know what they say the fourth watch is literally around the time between 2 to 3 at midnight so i want you to imagine that's the time when these disciples are in the middle of the sea okay the boat is rocked to and fro because of the storm or whatever is happening around them all right and then you know jesus starts walking towards them now here's what i wanted to understand these are fishermen right most of them were and they have lived a career of you know fishing and they've probably been in a situation where they've been at you know in the middle of the sea with the storm at 2 to 3 a.m in the morning how do you know this you remember when jesus called out to peter what did peter respond saying i've been all night i've been fishing and i didn't catch a single fish you remember that okay so peter was there all of them know what it's like to experience a storm in the middle of the night but what caught them off guard was the fact that jesus was walking to them in the middle of the night all right now i'll tell you why this story is important okay verse 26 when the disciples saw him walking on the sea they were troubled saying it's a ghost okay i read that very silently i'll, I'll give you the expression behind that okay and they cried out for fear but immediately jesus spoke to them saying be of good cheer it is i do not be afraid so picture the scene it's pitch dark all right imagine maybe you're sleeping in your room it's pitch dark 2 am 3 am in the morning you just woke up just like that how many of you wake up sometimes in the middle of the night okay scary right okay and then imagine you know this is huge person you know just like walking you know right near your bed would you freak out would you scream men are like So this is the scenario that's happening there the storms are there you know stuff is happening okay all the time and then all the disciples are like it's a ghost it's a ghost this is the expression okay i'm telling you that's the expression i know matthew is like they all you know with fear exclaimed it's a ghost okay and we can just read it out like it's a ghost I'm telling you that's what happened okay you should imagine i'm telling you listen it's gospels and the bible gets really interesting if you place yourself there in the middle of what's happening and like okay man ha oh, it's a ghost oh, it's a ghost it's a ghost it's a ghost oh my god what's going to happen and that's a scenario in the boat why and i'm telling you nobody can hear the sound you know why nobody can hear the sound because it's a storm it's a storm it's like winds and clashing of water it's 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 a major chaos that's happening in the midst of all of that here's jesus who's coming to the boat and they freak out they shriek out in fear it's a ghost it's a ghost 
probably if I was the writer, I would have written out many of these details. I'm just saying. Okay. But look at verse 27. Look at what Jesus said. Immediately. All right. And there's so many times, you know, Matthew uses the word immediately here. Okay. But immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, be of good cheer. It is I. Take courage. It is I. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Do not panic. Do not, you know, be anxious. Do not be filled with fear. Do not be, you know, with all of these things. It's I who's coming to you. You know me. It's your savior. It's your Messiah. It's the one that loves you so much. I'm the one who's coming to you. Take courage. And I want you to think about the times, you know, that when we have gone through difficult situations in our life and we've gone through difficult circumstances in our life, isn't it true that many times we think that we're all alone? We're in the midst of it and we're trying to make head or tail of what's going on. And I'm sure the disciples at this point, they were probably at that time. They were trying to make head or tail of, you know, man, what do I do here? Okay, pull the sails up, you know, put this down, put that. I mean, they're probably going through all of this chaos, trying to manage a situation by themselves, not realizing that their savior, the one they can depend on, the one they can call out to help for is right there, right next to them. And they fear and they think that, man, it's a ghost who's coming. But Jesus comes to them and comforts them by saying like listen take courage don't be scared don't be anxious don't worry don't fear listen I'm there with you I'm there it's me it's me I'm there with you I'm not going to leave you alone in that boat but you know what's interesting Mark okay in his gospel he makes another interesting point you know, this is why, you know, many times when you're reading through the stories of Jesus, it's important to take account of, you know, what the four Gospels has to say about the same story. Because there are details, you know, sometimes the other letter has. And Mark in his letter includes a detail, which I think is very, very important to us. After they saw Jesus walk on the water, they were amazed. Okay, Mark's Gospel, chapter 6, verse 51 to 52. Then he, Jesus, went up into the boat to them and the wind stopped. And they were greatly amazed in themselves beyond measure and marveled. What are the disciples? The minute they saw this Jesus walking on the water, the minute, you know, they saw Jesus come to them, what does it say? What does Mark record there? They were greatly amazed. And he doesn't stop with just, you know, greatly amazed. Look at the list of words he uses there. They were amazed in themselves beyond measure and marveled. So you got to understand, man, this is like, man, this is so this is this is incredible this is impossible that's the kind of exclamation that mark is trying to you know communicate to us as we read this letter that man they were beyond measure they were excited and they were amazed at what had happened all right but look at look at what verse 52 says important for they had not understood about the loaves because their hearts were hard immediately mark References to a miracle that had just happened, the feeding of the 5,000. And he says, you know, the reason why the disciples were so excited and so doubly amazed and, you know, marveled at what, when they saw Jesus walk on the water, was because they had not understood, is what written here, about the feeding of the 5,000 that had taken place. Why didn't they understand it? Because their hearts were hard. Now, why this is an important verse is because of that word understood. Okay. Understood is a very, very, I would say, a very plain explanation, you know, to what that the what Mark is really trying to communicate here. Okay, the word understood in the original language, okay, I think it's up there. Okay, it's it's called suniemi. Can we all say that together? Suniemi. 
sunyemi all right sunyemi is a word that's actually expressed in the original language for the word understood it means connecting the dots or comprehend or put together inside of your mind okay so what is mark really trying to say mark is trying to say listen they did not you know they marvel so much they were so you know exclamation so many exclamation marks you know behind their surprise and their excitement was because they had not connected the dots they had not comprehended they had not you know put things together inside of their mind about the miracle of the feeding of the 5000 what does it mean what does it mean Mark was trying to say this. They had not come to a place where they had made the connection about what Jesus had done. And get this, what Jesus was capable of doing. They had not made the connection of what Jesus had done for their lives previously. What they had seen Jesus do and what Jesus is capable of doing. And I want you to think about that more and more. Isn't it true with our lives that's the same way? Isn't it true that many times you know when you look back at you know your life and you see about what God has done for you and how many miracles that Jesus has performed for you in your own life and that when you're going through a new situation when you're going through a new challenge and a trial that sometimes you fail to connect the dots and say that hey Jesus did this for me then he can still do for that for me Many times you know we also fail to connect the dots many times you know we we disconnect and we think that man that's a Jesus of the past and now you know man I'm in this new situation new trial new challenge that I'm going through and I don't know what Jesus can do for me today we fail to connect the dots just like the disciples that failed to connect the dots about the fact that man Jesus is capable of doing this and you know what happens that's when we come into a place of depression that's when we come into a place of anxiety and worry because man the challenges that is laying before us man it just takes us by storm and we fail to you know look back and say that man jesus did that for me yesterday he can still do the same thing for me today isn't it true church can i ask you this if i were to sit with you one on one again and i were to ask you listen can you tell me of all the things that jesus has done for you in your life that you would have story after story to tell about what jesus has done for you yes or no people and yet somehow you know when we are faced with a new challenge we somehow seem to forget everything that has happened in the past and we worry and we think man will god do anything for me today will god you know i don't know what's going to happen and we feel with so much of worry and anxiety in our hearts but the jesus who's capable of doing something yesterday is capable of doing something even and that's why mark was trying to communicate this all right here in the story however there was one disciple in that boat who was connecting the dots some of you know where i'm going with this there was one disciple in that boat who was connecting the dots and somehow he seemed to have made a connection with the loaves and you know what jesus was doing right now yes he would have probably been amazed at the fact that jesus was walking on water but he had made that connection and you know what he did he decided to take it one step further he decided to take it one step further i mean you know and you know exactly who i'm talking about peter peter on that boat somehow you know i believe he was making that connection he had made that connection that man jesus had fed 5000 people 5000 men and i'm the ladies and the children and all of that jesus is out there walking on the water and i'm sure he can do this and i'm not surprised completely by what he can do 
even today jesus had peter had seen jesus you know do miracles peter had probably seen you know jesus raise up people from the dead he had seen you know the healing miracles that taking place he's probably he was he was probably there when the water turned into wine he had seen the miracles that jesus was capable of doing and he believed that man it is jesus and jesus can do these things so what did peter do he takes it one step further and what does he do matthew's gospel 14 was 28 to 29 and peter answered him and said lord if it is you command me to come to you on the water so he said jesus said come and when peter had come out of the boat he walked on the water to go to jesus peter had made the connection and he wanted to go into another level and what does he say lord if it is you command me to come out on the water he comes out and he steps out of the boat and you know what's interesting about this okay he says okay peter had come down out of the boat and he walked on the water and i don't think it's like okay you know it's like i don't think i don't think it was like that i think there was a confidence in the way peter did it i think he jumped he jumped out and you need to understand the scenario again at that time it's a storm there's a winds are happening okay wind some of the winds are sea but not all the winds have ceased there we'll read that later on but this is stuff that's still happening around there's still a little bit of chaos and confusion all of those things are happening and in midst of all of that he sees jesus he says jesus if that's you command me to come out on the water why because he had made the connection and he knew that jesus could also help him to walk on the water just like jesus walking on the water but you know what's interesting about this peter did not know how to walk on the water peter did not and isn't it true about your life and my life when sometimes when you know god asks us to do something you know what's the first response that we often give hello oh i don't think i can uh, not me Ah, I'm not capable. I'm not gifted. I'm not this. I'm not that. And we have our list of reasons. Or we we sometimes even say we don't know. How many of you said that? I don't know. I don't think I can. I don't think I I can do this. And and you know we 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 kind of try to logically rationalize in our mind about what we can do and what we cannot. But you know what Peter did here? Peter did not wait to, you know, assimilate or try to figure out and I'm thinking man if I was in Peter's shoes, I would have probably said, "Okay, Jesus, that's you. Let, you know, command me." And Jesus come uh, and I would have probably, you know, my dialogue with Jesus would have been, "Okay, Jesus, but how?" I've never done this before. Man, this is like new new waters for me. I, were, I mean, how how I'm going to walk on water? I mean, you know, should I put like one leg first and then try to put or should I just jump onto the water? I would have probably asked Jesus a hundred questions about how to walk on water before I actually tried to attempt to do it. And I'm sure some of us sitting here would have done the same thing. Peter in this place blindly just because you know Jesus called him out on the water, he steps out of the boat and I'm thinking he jumps out of the boat and he starts walking on Here's what I don't want us to misjudge. Peter in the boat was in a state of comfort. It was a state of comfort for him. He was with the disciples. He was on familiar territory. He was on familiar ground. 
and here is jesus calling him out you know into an unknown territory in an unknown waters where he has never been before where he has never experienced you know what it is like to walk on the water and peter without a step of doubt without a you know an ounce of doubt he decides to go out you know why because he believed that listen if i get onto the water and if i go to jesus i can actually get closer and closer to jesus if i take this step of faith i told you this last week and i want to say this again the reason why jesus wants us to lose is so that we can go into the next level of our relationship with him and many times can i tell you this it often involves us stepping out of our comfort zone losing out our comfort zone giving up our comfort zone to get into a place of unknown into a place of unfamiliarity we are not sure about what's going to happen we are not sure man can i really walk on that water but can i tell you this jesus okay i want you to get this okay jesus is not in the boat You know where Jesus is? He's out there in the water. And the only way you can go into the next level of your relationship with the Lord is if you're willing to lose out, if you're willing to give up the comfort zone where you've been placed in and say that listen, I want to get out there on the water because if I get out there on the water in faith, that is what is going to bring my relationship to another level with Jesus. It takes a step of faith to step out of that boat. It takes a step of faith to stay that listen, I don't want to be where I am. I'm I know it's comfortable there. I know I'm safe there. I know everything is good there, but I don't want to be where I am because Jesus is not in the boat with me. He's there outside and I want to step out of the boat so that I can be with Jesus. I can you know come into a place of closer intimacy and relationship with him. Why? Because get this church. I can only experience the miraculous when I step out of that You cannot experience the miraculous if you're still in your comfort zone if you're still where you are you're you're comfortable with where you are you're comfortable with your friends you're comfortable with the relationships that you have you're comfortable with the money that you're getting your career your finances everything you know seems so comfortable for you inside of the boat but listen take one step outside take one step outside let go of what you've known so far let go of your familiarity let go of the things that you've held on to so far and come into a place of unfamiliarity where you give up what you don't have and you you give up what you have and you you're letting to say that listen i know those things are there and i know i can stay here comfortably for the rest of my life but i want to be out there because jesus is out there you know some of you at this point you're probably thinking about the fact that man yeah but read on danny read on because you know what peter doesn't walk on water right here's a statement that i want to make before we get into the remaining part of the story choosing to take comfort in jesus involves choosing to lose comfort in everything else can i say that again choosing to take comfort in jesus involves choosing to lose comfort in everything else jesus is out there and here i'm sure you know the disciples in the boat all of the disciples now not just peter would have seen jesus and would have been comforted in the midst of their storm in the midst of all their anxiety and panic that was going on they would have seen jesus oh my god thank god that jesus oh man jesus is here i'm sure he'll do something and i'm sure they would have taken comfort in but listen Here's what I don't want us to miss. Choosing to take comfort in Jesus involves choosing to lose or let go of every comfort that you've been holding on to. So, what happened to Peter? 
Matthew's Gospel, chapter 14, verse 30 to 33. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, the wind was still, I told you, the wind had not ceased completely, the wind was still heavy. He was afraid. Who? Peter was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out saying, Lord, save me. Verse 31. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Verse 32. And when they got into the boat, the wind completely ceased. What happened to Peter? He took a step of faith. He was out there on the water. And he was looking at Jesus. He kept constantly looking at Jesus, focuses on Jesus, but then suddenly he got distracted by what else was happening around him. And then what happened? Because he lifted his eyes off Jesus and kept his eyes on everything around him, all the chaos and all the circumstances and all the problems that was there around him, what happened? He began to sink inside. But you know what's the beautiful part of the story? Is verse 31. Immediately. Again, Matthew, immediately, Jesus raised his hand, held on to him, and said, Listen, you're not going to sink. You're not going to sink. Why? Because you're coming towards me. And I'm right here and I'm not going to let you sink. Listen, I know you're not in your comfort zone. I know that you're not in a place where you're very comfortable. And probably you have fear and probably you have anxiety. Probably you're carrying all the worry inside of you. But listen, I'm here to hold you and I will not let you I will not let you go no matter what happens and that is the comfort church that we need to get into many times you know we love to be where you know holding on to the stuff that we've got man man this is my security this is my comfort man I don't, I, I'm holding on tightly to this I don't want to let go but Jesus is saying listen would you just let go so that I can hold you would he just come out? Because listen, there's so much miraculous things that's happening outside of that boat of yours. And church this morning, I want to ask you the same question. What's your boat? What's your boat? What is the boat that you're so comfortable with over the last so many months maybe, so many years maybe? Is it the group of friends that you're carrying around with? Are you, you know, are you fair, scared of rejection from, you know, the friends that you might have? Because you're a believer, because you know you follow Jesus Christ, you go to a believer's church. Is that one reason? Or is it, you know, things that you know that you're holding on to? Maybe it's your family. Your family is your security, man. I know that my dad and my mom, man, they, they're the ones you know for me. Would you step out of the boat that you're comfortable to an unknown territory, to an unknown zone? Because that's where Jesus wants to meet you so that you can experience the miraculous in that place and you can come into another level of your relationship and your faith with him. If you think about Peter, maybe you can think, okay, man, Peter was a failure because he stepped out of the boat and he began to sink. Maybe. But I want you to think about the other 11 people who are failures inside of that boat. Think about the 11 failures who are sitting inside of that boat. In their comfort zone, and they're like, who, oh, Peter. Peter steps out of the boat. Ah, Peter. I don't know what is going on through Peter's mind because some of you, there's a powerful lesson here. Some of you are scared of that, isn't it? True. Some of you are scared of that. That what will people think if I step out of my water? Then I get what you're saying. 
but what if i get out of the water and there are people you know who are watching me do this what if they laugh at me what if they put me down what if i have to experience pain rejection and hurt from the same people that i love wouldn't it be better for me to just cuddle around and be where i am then go to jesus who's there who's waiting for me and he said come and i'm not willing to because this is so much this seems to be so much better you know what i think i think the 11 disciples were the biggest failures that day that's what i think because not only did not they get to experience the miraculous they did not get to see jesus on another level on the water and the question that i want to impose on us as a church this morning is listen where would you be where would you choose to be would you choose to be out there on the water or would you choose to be comfortable and be spectators about you know what one or two people are doing and going out there taking steps of faith and doing great things for god or would you just want to be in your comfort zone and say oh, i'm happy here i go to church on sunday morning i worship the lord i think that's good enough for me or would you want to be challenged to take a step of faith and say lord you know the song that we sang this morning i told you i'm going to get on you nerves today you know what we sang you remember the last song you know and i don't know why you know arpit was like taking that chorus again and again and again like man god do it lord you know what we sang hello come on come on those three magic words what did you sing you already confessed it here i am oh lord not easy i'm telling you church it's not easy it's so easy to sing those three lyrics and those words and say that man here i am but you read the text and you know what god is calling you to i'm telling you it's one thing to say it from your mouth it's another thing to actually step out of it and that's a challenge i believe god is imposing on me and on you on us as a church this morning are we ready to step out of the boat so that we can experience the miraculous i want to close with the story of mine okay i mean it's 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 a funny story okay so this happened to me when i was a child all right i think i was maybe um, i don't know 8 9 years old and uh, my dad wanted me to learn swimming i didn't my dad wanted me to learn swimming so he sent me you know we had i mean i grew up in the gulf so we had this two months of summer vacation and they had a lot of swimming classes that was going on so he enrolled me for one and i remember you know i was really scared of the water i don't know why i was really scared of the water okay so all of the you know the couple of my friends were there and you know they would all get into the water and i would like slowly you know tiptoe into the water okay is it cold is it hot you know kind of step into the water kind and then i would get into the water i would never let go of that float how many of you know swimming okay how many of you been in a swimming class you hold on to that float i would never let go of that float that was my comfort zone you know and i remember one day you know the instructor you know she she lady instructor she wanted us all kids to have fun right so she said okay why don't you all you guys line up at the edge of the pool in the deep water side okay you know why why i hated the deep water side because you can't you know stand right i mean it's floating so she lines up all of us on the edge of the pool and she says you know what i'm in the pool all i want you to do is jump i'm like no we have to 
but you know they line up like that and i as you know expected i go and stand at the last end of the line i'm the last guy on that group of students okay so one by one you know everyone is jumping and then they lining up behind me why because they want to go one more down because it's fun man you just jump into the deep water and the instructor will just grab you and put you back on you know to the what do you call that the, the base of the payment yeah and then my turn comes and i'm still scared but there's this huge line that's standing right behind me right and the instructor is right there in the pool and i'll not forget i'm looking at the instructor i'm not even looking at the instructor i'm looking at the pool and how deep that water is and the instructor is telling me danny jump it's okay i'm here i'm allah will hold you just jump just jump i mean you know just do it you know i'm just going on no i don't think i can do that you know what's the worst part you know sometimes you know your friends can really be messy Right. So this girl was standing in there and we used to get at loggerheads all the time. We used to fight and quarrel all the time. She's like right in next in line right behind me. She's like are you going to jump or not? And I'm still looking at the pool. I haven't heard her. I haven't heard the voice of my instructor. You know what she does? Yes. She pushes me right into the pool. And I just push her. You know I just go into the pool and all I remember okay was going down and down my eyes are open. and i can see you know the the sun and i can see you know everything on top of the water and i can all i can remember is i'm going down and down and down and down till something holds me on my shorts and begins to pull me up i remember that very well pulls me up onto the top of the water slowly but you know i'm just remembering i'm just going down down and suddenly there's a tug on the back of my shorts and they're pulling me up and i remember coming out of that water and you know man just splashing and gasping for breath like man i just you know been through like a nightmare and she pulls me up and she puts me on the this and she asked me the same question she asked everybody else you want to go one more round as walk away but church here's what i wanted to tell let's when you take a jump of faith It doesn't matter how deep the water is. It doesn't matter, you know, where where you're getting into. It's an unknown zone. It's an unknown territory. It's not familiar for you. It might be true, but listen. Do you know somebody who will never let go of you? It's our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. When He sees that you are in, you're about to sink or something is going to happen to you, He's right there beside you, holding on and gripping to you, making sure that you will not let go and that you will not fail. the way that you think you should right i want you to think about your boat and i don't know what the holy spirit has been speaking to you this morning but i hear some challenges and i want to ask you listen what is it that you're holding on to i told you this is not a great series i mean this is not a series that you can get excited man losing to win i'm going to lose to win it's not a great series but i'm telling you and i'm challenging if you can come to a place where you can identify what your boat is like i said last week maybe you don't know what your boat is maybe you don't know what the things that you're still holding on to the best prayer that you can pray and ask the lord lord show me what i'm holding on to for security and for you know comfort in my life that i'm not letting to ready to let go so that you can grip me and you can take me into another level in my relationship with you that really spoke to me and i pray that it spoke to you as well i want you to remember this it doesn't matter what you're going through and where you're at 
our Heavenly Father is always with you. I want to say this, if you need prayer or you want to reach out to us, send us an email or DM us on Instagram. You know, let us know if we can serve you in any way. Just a reminder, don't forget to subscribe so that you can tune in with us again. And I'm really hoping to see you next week.